Internal Revenue Service IRS tax news. IRS announces, quote, dirty dozen, end quote, tax scams for 2021. Americans urged to watch out for tax scams during the pandemic. So obviously there's been new laws that have been put into place that we haven't seen before. A lot more money going out from the IRS in different ways and whatnot. And that, of course, makes a tax scam haven for tax scammers. So you want to make sure that uh, you're on the lookout for that especially more so during these times. So we got the IR 2021-135, June 28, 2021, Washington. The Internal Revenue Service today begins its, quote, dirty dozen, end quote, list for 2021 with a warning for taxpayers, tax professionals, and financial institutions to be on the lookout for these 12 uh, nefarious schemes and scams. Nefarious schemes and scams. So this year's, quote, dirty dozen, end quote, will separate into four separate categories. We have the pandemic-related scams. So that's kind of topping the list here because, once again, obviously the, the laws that are out there for the pandemic that are geared towards putting more money into the economy and that are new that we haven't seen before is a fertile ground for scammers. So that's like the economic impact payments and so on. Personal information cons, including phishing, uh, ransomware, and phone, quote, uh, vishing, quote, end quote, calls. So that's kind of the standard thing, although they could take new forms, and they always take new forms and whatnot, but the general idea of them will be much the same. Same old scam, just new new stuff to be scamming on. Uh, uh, Restus, focusing on unsuspecting victims like fake uh, charities and senior immigrant fraud and schemes that persuade taxpayers into unscrupulous actions, such as an offer and compromise mills, and syndicated conservation easements. So those would be more kind of group type of things, maybe possibly more complex type of strategies that get you involved in something that might be a longer term process. So the agency compiled the list into these categories based on who uh, perpetuates the schemes and who they impact. In addition, today's scams, the IRS will highlight the other schemes over the next three days. So the IRS urges all taxpayers to be on guard, especially during the pandemic, not only for themselves, but also for other people in their lives. So possibly, I mean, most people you know probably have heard some kind of scam, at least a phishing email from the IRS at this point in time. And so you want to make sure that if anybody asks you about it and whatnot, that you can give them good information to, to calm them and take action as needed, not do anything too quick or too rash, which is usually the strategy of a scam artist to make you try to take action quickly and rashly and in a way that wouldn't be good so in any case quote we continue to see scam artists use the pandemic to steal money and information from honest taxpayers in a time of crisis end quote said commissioner chuck reddick and obviously as that's clearly what's going to happen in a situation of crisis because that's when the scam artists are going to be in there because that's when the money is going to be flowing so that's just the reality of the way things are so as long as we're in that's this kind of situation you know it is what it is so quote we provide this list uh, to alert taxpayers about common scams that fraudsters use against their victims at the irs we are dedicated to stopping these criminals but it's up to all of us to remain vigilant and protect ourselves and our families end quote taxpayers are encouraged to review the quote dirty dozen list in a special section on irs.gov and should be alert to these scams during tax filing season and through the year. So we have the economic impact payment theft. So obviously, when the IRS is just sending out checks in the form of economic impact payments to basically anyone with a social security number, 
there's going to be scams that most likely will be taking place with regard to them. We went to round three, so we're up to round three on these payments that are going out. So a continuing threat to individuals is from identity thieves who try to steal economic impact payments, the EIPs, also known as stimulus payments. Uh, most eligible people will get their payments automatically from the IRS. Taxpayers should watch out for these telltale tell signs of scam. So any text message, random income, phone calls, and emails inquiring about bank account information or requesting receipts uh, to click a link or verify data should be considered suspicious and deleted without opening. So obviously, if there's any kind of email, usually there's going to be some sense of urgency related to the economic impact payment saying, hey, you know, this is a new thing, economic impact payments. You have to take this action immediately before, you know, the IRS, you know, takes away your economic impact payment, such as giving us your banking information or something like that. And obviously, if you get an email and you think it's at all legitimate or a text message, you'll almost ne you'll never get a text message from the IRS. You almost never get an email on the first contact. They'll give you a letter. But even if you think it's legitimate or someone else thinks it's legitimate, go to the website first you know, and look at it from the IRS website. You can log into your account there and typically get the economic impact information from the source without clicking on any links. So be alert to mailbox theft. Frequently check mail and report suspicious mail uh, losses to postal inspections. So obviously the mailbox is where the IRS often sends out the information, but obviously you could get the uh, same kind of phishing type of mail information as well. Don't fall for stimulus check scams. The IRS will not initiate contact by phone, email, text, or social media asking for social security numbers or other personal or financial information related to economic impact payments. Taxpayers should remember that the IRS website, irs.gov, irs.gov, is the agency's official website for information on payments, refunds, other tax information. So oftentimes they'll simulate a website that's kind of like the government website, but not the same. Again, you don't want to click to the link to get to the website. Go to the website directly. Very easy website to remember, irs.gov, irs.gov. So we have the unemployment fraud leading to uh, inaccurate taxpayer 1099Gs. Because of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, many taxpayers lost their jobs and received unemployment compensation from their state. However, scammers also took advantage of the pandemic for filing fraudulent claims for unemployment compensation using stolen personal information of individuals who had not filed claims. So it's quite possible, it is, it's happened many times, that people file claims for unemployment fraudulently by stealing information, filing the claim for unemployment, collecting the unemployment, meaning the person that should have got the unemployment, the, the social security number and name that they used, wasn't the one actually receiving it. So that causes problems to the, the person who, whose social security number was used, possibly tax problems that could be related to that as well. So in any case, payments made on these fraudulent claims went to the identity thieves. The IRS reminds taxpayers to be on the lookout for receiving a Form 1099-G reporting unemployment compensation that they didn't receive. So you might then get a 1099-G. If you get a 1099-G saying, hey, you got unemployment compensation from the state, that's what the 1099-G means. But you didn't actually get any unemployment compensation from the state because you didn't file for unemployment. Then that's a good indication that someone else fraudulently filed for unemployment on your behalf and they got the payments. What do you do at that point? Well, it's kind of a funny situation because even if you got unemployment compensation, they, they said that on the the uh, Fed side, at least, states may differ, that you didn't have to include it as income. 
So you might not even have a tax consequent with it because you, you might not have to include it in income, but someone basically used your information to collect unemployment and you'd like to basically get that fixed both for taxes if necessary and just to make sure that your unemployment and state records are not you know wrong. So you might want to move forward and, and look and plus report it so that you could, you know, someone could catch these guys or do something, do, do something about it, people. In any case, for people in this situation, the IRS urges them to contact their appropriate state agency for a corrected form. If a corrected form cannot be obtained so that the taxpayer can file a timely tax return, taxpayers should complete the return claiming only the unemployment compensation and other income they actually received. So again, it might not have as big an impact on the Fed side because basically the unemployment compensation up to a certain threshold, the Fed now said for 2020, may not be something you have to include. But again, you probably want to fix it anyways and contact the state and say, hey, look, that I didn't get unemployment compensation. I'd like to fix it. And anytime you get a 1099, if it was from the state or anywhere else, and that is the problem, meaning the 1099 is wrong for some reason, they're saying that you got income of some sort that you should not have, that you did not actually get, then the only re the remedy you first want to approach is to get them to reissue the 1099 because they also sent one to the Fed and the Fed thinks you got that money as income. And if you do not report it, the Fed is going, that your taxes are going to basically bounce back most likely and they're going to question it. Might not take, they, that might not happen so much for the 1099G because the IRS is well aware of it at this point. But for normal 1099s, if there was an issue like that, that's kind of what you would want to do. You don't want to report the income if it's not actually your income, though. So you want to file the tax return accurately. And if you have to take action and you can't get the 1099 adjusted, then you'll have to deal with the IRS and explain to them what is going on when you get the inevitable letter, which you probably will if you report something on your taxes that's different than a 1099 that you received. So see identity theft and unemployment benefits for tax details and DOL uh, government fraud. There's a link to that here for state-by-state -state reporting information. Additional protection to help protect taxpayers. IRS makes IPPINs available to all taxpayers, adding another layer of security. To help taxpayers avoid identity theft, the IRS this year made it Identity Protection Pen, the IPPIN, there's a link to that here, program available to all taxpayers. So this program, if, if you are in a situation, especially where someone you know someone stole your information, like they filed for unemployment, and you got a 1099 from the state and you shouldn't have, well, then your next thing that's going to worry is, like, well, what else can they do with that information? Well, they could try to file a federal income tax return with that information and then try to collect something like earned income tax credit, child tax credits, all these refundable credits that have now been maxed out to the max. And uh, so you don't want them to do that because if they do, then you won't be able to file the tax return because when you do, it'll be, it'll be doubled up and it'll cause you problems. So if someone else has your information, you can preactively pre or preemptively sign up for a PIN, which is kind of like a second social security for the IRS so that you would need that second PIN to file for the, for the tax return. And just about anybody, that might actually be a good thing for almost anybody considering the fact that basically, you know, social security numbers being something we've had for our entire lives and have to give away constantly to institutions may be compromised quite quite likely. So so you might, you know, this could be a good good setup because then they change this pen every year, I think. So that would make sense. That's how a social security number might actually work, you know, because if they changed it yearly, so you have a different social security number, which would make it harder. But in any case, 
Previously, it was available only to the victims of ID theft or taxpayers in certain states. The IPPIN is a six-digit code known only to the taxpayer and the IRS. It helps prevent identity thieves from filing fraudulent tax returns using the taxpayer's personal identity information. Using an IPPIN is, an, an, in essence, a way to lock a tax account. Uh, the IPPIN serves as the key to opening that account. Electronic returns that do not contain the correct IPPIN will be rejected and paper returns will go through additional scrutiny for fraud. Reducing fraud, the IRS and the Security Summit. Now there's a link to the Security Summit here. Partners in the states and the private sector tax community have made changes to help reduce identity theft re uh, related refund fraud that are noticeable to the average person filing a tax return. The Security Summit to me always sounds like some kind of superhero organization. I don't know why. It's the Security Summit coming to rescue here. The Security Summit. Here's what they have down here. Tax software providers agree to strengthen password protocols. This is the first line of defense for these companies to make sure their products are secure. State tax agencies began asking for taxpayer driver's license numbers as another way for people to prove their identity. The IRS limited the number of tax refunds going to financial accounts or addresses. The IRS masked personal information from tax transcripts. Multi-factor authentication can also help. So that's that thing where you got to you can get a text message from your phone, whatever, every time you want to sign into something. You're supposed to do that because that helps. So it is important for taxpayers filing a 2021 to know that online tax software products available to both taxpayers and tax professionals will contain options for multi-factor authentication. So obviously tax software, of all the things you're going to do, because you could do that for social media and whatnot, and your Facebook account, and your book of faces that you have faces in it, and then Twitter. But clearly you'd want to do it with your tax software, have this multi-factor authentication because it has the personal information in it more personal well maybe not more personal but like number wise social security number more personal than the book of faces even so multi-factor authentication allows users to better protect online accounts uh, one way this is accomplished is by requiring a security code sent to a mobile phone in addition to the username and password used to access the account the irs and its security summit partners have formed an information sharing center that allows them to quickly identify emerging scams and react to protect taxpayers just like the superhero organization that superman's in charge of so the identity theft tax refund fraud information sharing analysis center there's a link to that here is is now uh, operational also check out our recent a closer look column there's a link to a closer look column here for more on how to be vigilant about tax scams, visit Identity Theft Central. There's a link to that here. And Tax Fraud Alerts. There's a link to that here for more information on how to protect against or report identity theft or fraud.